Hey everyone, I'm Brexton Bennett, a 20-something-year-old college student and entrepreneur trying to figure out how to design a meaningful life. Thanks for joining me on the Rise by Lifting Others podcast. This is where we set out together to figure out what it takes to live a life full of meaning and service. We do this by picking apart the details and stories of incredible people who have shown us the way. I'm really glad you're here. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future, and that will make all the difference. Even if it's all your luck to be a street sweeper, we sweep so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job with. We're going to do whatever it takes to get somebody out, to save their life, that others may live. Somewhere along the way, we must learn that there is nothing greater and to do some bubble. This is the way I've decided to go the rest of my days. That's what I'm concerned about. Hey guys, uh, I just got to tell you that this is so much fun. I just barely finished the interview for today and it was awesome. I can't wait for you to listen. Our guest today is Zach Oates. And let me tell you a little bit about him and then how our interview went and then we'll get right into it. So Zach is a BYU MBA grad. He's the author of the book, Dating Never Works Until It Does, 100 Lessons from a Thousand Dates. I've actually read the book and I have to definitely recommend it. It's really, really funny, really entertaining, and he's got a lot of really good advice. Zach is the expert on all things dating, especially here in Utah County. It's so fun to listen to him. Zach is also the CEO and founder of the service as a software company, Ovation. So I first met Zach when he spoke at a lecture series I was attending, and I was just sucked in by his enthusiasm, the way he approaches life. He just has this excitement about him that is, makes him magnetic. I approached him afterwards and asked him if I could take him to lunch, and I picked his brain, and we had a really great chat and managed to stay in touch. So one thing that I really thought was cool about this interview was that most of our guests up to this, all of our guests up to this point, have been... <laughs> older, frankly. And so there's a much bigger gap between the phase of life that we're all in versus the one that they're in, which in a lot of ways I think is really, really good because it provides some powerful perspective and clarity. But the cool thing that was so interesting about our interview today with Zach is that Zach is in his mid thirties. He's got his third kid on the way and he's right in the thick of building this business that he started. So he's really kind of one phase in life ahead of all of us. So the advice, the stories, everything he shares is still really raw and relevant. And I think you'll notice that in the interview. I got so much out of listening to him. It was actually really cool. So Zach is just totally slammed. He's got so much on his plate and he was willing to take the time out of his day to do this interview, but we definitely had a limited amount of time. And I had like a hundred different directions that I wanted to take the interview and I couldn't really decide which one we were going to focus on. And it ended up being none of them, actually, but so much better than anything I could have planned out. So I'm really excited for you to listen in. And let's go ahead and welcome onto the show. Zach, thanks so much for being here, man. We're really, really excited to have you. Happy to be here, Braxton. <laughs> really, really appreciate it. Uh, Zach, I want to start. I want to talk to you a little bit about your college experience. What did you get your undergrad in again? Advertising. In advertising. So was that always the goal from the beginning that you knew you wanted to be involved in the startup world 
maybe specifically in restaurants or what was kind of the thinking at that point in time? You know, I actually came across last year, I came across my application to get into the advertising program at BYU. And one of the things I said there was, I want to get my advertising degree, uh, go work at an agency, get my MBA, and then start my own agency. So wow. uh, the, the concept of uh, starting something was was always there for me. And I had been very involved in starting lots of things growing up. Um, you know, I, I can remember in middle school. Yeah, give us an example. Yeah, like in middle school, I started a vending machine loan business where I, I got people to invest and give me money. And then I would loan out money at, at three different programs to pay back so that way people can have money for vending machines and then pay me oh. back in one of, in one of a given uh, set of, in a given and you're in middle school plans. Yeah. I was in, I was in middle school. <laughs> and then I got the two biggest kids in the middle school to invest. And so it was the three of us. Yeah. And I would just at lunch, I would just look at my list and say, who owed me money? And I would have the two of them go up to the people that owed us money <laughs> and bouncers. remind them of how much money they owed us and by when. <laughs> no way. So awesome. anyway, that got shut down. I got in trouble for that one eventually. Um, but, you know, like I was always like wanting to do stuff like that. And, sure. uh, and I just felt like, you know, we are, we're here to create, we're here to make something. And I wanted to build value. And the concept of going and, and working somewhere and spending so much time and effort and energy to do something that's going to get so watered down and barely used, it just wasn't, it wasn't interesting to me. I couldn't do it. And so I tried um, because, you know, the first thing I always tell people who want to be an entrepreneur is don't be an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Go get a job. And if that works out great for you, then awesome. Save yourself the stress, save yourself the pressure, just go get a job. And if you can get a job, then that's awesome. And if you can't get a job, if you are physically ill at your job, if you feel like there's a straw getting like stuck into your skull <laughs> and you're leaking out on the floor every time you go into work. This is powerful imagery. I'm enjoying yeah. this. <laughs> then shoot, go start a business. All right. But uh, but give, give the, give the employment, uh, you know, give, give the employment stick a shake because sure. it's, it's a much better lifestyle, uh, in terms of in the long run than starting a business. It's very stressful. You never are, uh, you, you never sleep. You're, uh-huh. you are so close to your boss. I mean, like how many other jobs are there that you go on vacation with your boss? that you go to bed with your boss, that you wake up next (laughs) to your boss, that you shower with your boss. There's not too many of them, right? But that's what entrepreneurship is. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, that's, that's the thing was when people- Did you have an experience? What, what was the job you had that was just leaking the life force right out of you that you were just like, man, or maybe you never even had to have one to know? No, I did. I mean, after I graduated. So first of all, I graduated in advertising. I went to New York City and I worked at one of my dream agencies, the the agency that I wanted to work at, the agency that I was so excited to work at. And I get to New York City and I get my internship and I start. And after like a week, I'm like, uh, I do not want this. Yeah. Like I saw, I saw what the level up above me was doing, what the level above them was doing, what the partners were doing. And none of it looked good to me. It all looked 
all looks bad. And, um, and so, so you would kind of follow like the cookie cutter process for, I mean, you, you did your four years, you got your undergrad, you probably had like maybe a, an internship. You knew this was the dream job applied for it. Got it. Like that was, that was long-term the goal. Yeah. Only to get there and realize it wasn't for you. Yeah. I mean, I spent, I spent years of my life preparing for this job and I got the dream sure. internship and it was just, it was bad. Now, granted that company is an amazing company. They do awesome things. It just, I felt so, um, I don't know, like lost when I was there. I felt like it just, it wasn't for me. And yeah. I, uh, I felt trapped. I felt suffocated and I didn't know what to do. It was like being in a bad relationship and you're like, ah, I need to break up, but I don't know how. And I don't, uh, sure. That's, sure, sure. that's what it felt like to me. Um, mm. So anyway, but, and, and then I had a great job and then I went and did my MBA and I got a great job working at PwC doing super interesting consulting. How, how long were you at the agency in New York? Oh, uh, two months. And that was all it took and you, I had to get out. Was, was it from there you were straight to your MBA or was it kind of a longer no, process? I did, so I did that. And then I took, uh, so I actually took six months off. I yeah. did kind of like a half gap year of sorts. And, uh, I just got all the credit cards that I could. And I lived for six months like that. I, (laughs) I didn't sleep in the same bed more than two nights in a row for six months. Um, I slept on couches, on floors, on, uh, couch cushions, on floors. I mean, like (laughs) I was all All of the above. Yeah. Um, and what was the thing those six months you're just like the advertising agency didn't work. I got to find my thing that gets me alive. Yeah. Or like, what you're what just looking. I, yeah. What am I doing next? Like, what am I not, not what, even next, but like, what am I doing period? Like, what am I doing? And what did that process look like? Like what, what, where, where did you, if you're okay, what am I going to do next? Like, what did you start doing so to find I, the answer? So I was living in New York city and the thing that I started, that's where I started this whole, this whole journey. And then sure. I, um, I remember I, it was a Friday night and I was like, this is, this is like bad. Like I am not <laughs> in a good place. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know like emotionally where I want to be. Like, I'm just, I feel so stuck and trapped and like, I don't have a plan. I don't have anyone that uh, like that's in my life. And so I was like, okay, let me just like, there's all these things going on. Let me just take a giant step back. All right. Let's just start with the very basics. Is there a God? And wow. I went like deep. I went that meta, right? I'm like, is there a God? Yeah, you did. I took, I took, you know, I, the way that I think of it is like my table of beliefs of the world, of the universe, of myself, of my family, of my dreams. I took that table of beliefs and I metaphorically cleared it. And I said, okay. Wow. I am okay believing anything, right? If I I am ready today to buy a ticket with my credit card, not cash, <laughs> to go to Tibet and become a monk. Like I'm ready to do that today. I am ready to move to Japan and become a street vendor. I am ready to like join a monastery in California and become a, a Catholic priest. Like I was, I was ready for anything. And so I said, okay, first thing I need to do is, is, do I believe that there is a God? And yes. Okay. 
So I put that candlestick in the middle of my table of beliefs. And I said, all right, now, what does God want me to do? Do I believe that God has a plan for me? Yes. Okay, great. Do I believe in Jesus Christ? Yes. Do I believe uh, that the gospel taught by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is true? Yes. And then as I started kind of going from the very center, the very core of what I believed my eternal essence was, and I worked my way out, one of the things that I realized was I, you know, obviously everyone's goal is to be happy. So what, what is my mission? What is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing in life? And I started listing out all of the things that made me really happy. What are the things that I get excited about? What are the things that I love doing that I'm passionate about? And I started writing out those things. And really what I, what I ended up doing was I said, okay, if I had a billion dollars, right? A billion dollars, boom, cha-ching in my bank account. What do I do in a year? And the reason why it was in a year was because I realized like, oh, I'd like, you know, save the orphans and like travel the world and like, you know, pay off debt of great people. Like anyway, I just like the things that everybody says they do. But then it's like, okay, but in a year, once all that's kind of done, what do you do with your week? And I wrote out my perfect week as a billionaire. And with every major thing in that week, I asked myself why five times. Why would I do that? 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 And then why would I do that? And when I got to that last why, and this is, uh, I later found out the five why methodology of Toyota's um, Kaizen philosophy. So anyway, yeah. the thing that I came to is the same, same thing that Kaizen came to, but yeah, go ahead. No. So the, just to explain that further, I've heard that too, is, so you're asking, this is what I would do during that week. Why? And then whatever the answer is, you say why to that answer. And then why again to the answer to that question. And you're just going deeper and deeper along the same thread, basically. Yes. Until you get to your core motivation, right? Until you Uh get to the root why. And when, when I had my list of things that were most important to me, I was able to take that list and come up with a life statement, right? To inspire others to believe and achieve their true potential. And with that mission in mind, everything else fell in place. I think of it as like, this is my, I don't know, you guys don't use this in school anymore. When I was a kid, a really little kid, we had like those um, projectors with like the sheet that you would write on. Anyway, I think of that transparency. Yeah, exactly. I think of that transparency and there's like a bullseye and that bullseye is my mission. Uh. And if something is inside that bullseye, I do it. If it's outside that bullseye, I don't do it, right? Yeah. And so that helped me really think through what are the what's that I want to do. And one of the things that I definitely wanted to do was like build value. And to and that, that desire to inspire others to believe and achieve their true potential um, was something that stuck with me so much. And then from that, I realized that, dang, Zach. Think about it. Now you, you've got your essence of who you really are. You've got your core beliefs of, of how to live. You understand why you, you want to do what you want to do. Now, what are you going to do? Well, with all of those things in position, it's like, I could do anything. <laughs> and it, 
and 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 now I can I can have a, a you know some sort of criteria to judge those things to see if I want to do it or not. And so way to evaluate each option. And so it was so much more exciting to me after that to look at options because I had a framework that I knew was was true to me. So as I started looking at jobs, it was like yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, as opposed to before where it was just like everything was just so foggy and I didn't know what I wanted to do and. Uh, I love that. Anyway. Okay, wait. So before we go to how you found it, like the process of finding that thing, tell, tell me just a little bit more about how did you arrive at, this is my bullseye, is helping others. Say, say it one more time. To inspire others to believe and achieve their true potential. Tell us how you arrived there. I, I started, um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one example. So one of the things that I love doing is travel. In mm-hmm. uh, a month from today, I'm going to go to my 50th country. I love traveling. Nice. What I do? Which, what country? Uh, Greece. Sweet. Yeah, I, it was supposed to be like my fifty fourth country, but COVID, you know. Oh, thanks. So, man. um, so traveling—that was one of the things. But it's like, okay, if if I can if I had billion dollars, what would I do? Well, one of the things that I would do is I would have like, you know, I, I went a little bit off the wall. I was like, I would have a fly, sure. a flying car. It's like, okay, why would you want a flying car? Uh, because, and then why? Well, because I want to travel easily and, and with people. Why? Because I want to experience new cultures. Why? Because I love connecting with people who have also experienced that culture. Why? Because I want them to trust me. Why? Because I want to be a part of allowing them to live a better life. And if they trust me, then the things that I share with them, they will do because we have that connection, because I've traveled, because I have a flying car. So it wasn't about having a flying car. It was about helping people. And, uh-huh. and so when I got to that and I was like, yeah, that rings true. That like that concept of, of helping people rings true to me. It's like when I am doing, when I am helping someone um, and, and I can see those lights start to turn on for me, it's like there isn't, or like, for example, when I'm, when I'm speaking at EFY or doing like a youth conference or something like that, or a dating fireside, um, it's like when I'm in that moment, there isn't two seconds ahead or one second ago. It's like, I am so present and I, and to see that light shine on for people, uh, that, that gives me so much joy and passion and excitement, but it, I got to that because I would have a flying car, you know? Right, 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 right. That's, that's super interesting. So now tell me, do you think that this moment, this sort of aha moment of clarity of what is my why in life, do you think you could have arrived there sooner? If you could go back and start your first day of college differently, knowing what you do now, do you think you could trigger that moment or does, do you have to, you know, work really hard at something and realize it's not what you want? I mean, I think I could have done it sooner. The problem is I go to the the parable of the prodigal son and when he came to himself, right? No one could have, no one could have made me get to that point. I had to be ready and open to get there. And I had to be so desperate for truth that I, I had to have it. I didn't, I didn't want to know where to go. I didn't want to know what I should do. It wasn't like a curiosity. I had to know Brexton. And so for me, um, I wish I would have done it sooner, 
but I was so busy running, 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 running that I never took time to stop and breathe and see where am I running to? Like Gordon B. Hinckley talked about the ladders of life and how many men will climb the ladders of life only to realize it was leaning against the wrong wall. Right. And I just felt like I was at the bottom with a plethora of ladders everywhere. And just, I couldn't see, I, I, my view was so obstructed by my own inability to, to stop and think. And my, um, my, my lack of desire to find out because I was just having such a fun time that there was no time to stop and think about, you know, these, these nice platitudes. Yeah. That's so cool. I would say though, in terms of one thing that I, that I wish I would have done yeah, please. Um, or a, couple, a couple of things I wish I would have done when I was in college. One, I wish I would have done a study abroad. That was one of my biggest regrets is not doing a study abroad. I wish I would have done an internship a year before I graduated, right? Mm. I, I do not understand this mentality of doing an internship as your final piece of, uh, as a as final thing that you do. It is, right. it is so backwards. Do an internship early. I would have done more informational interviews. I would have found people on LinkedIn with the exact title that I was looking for. And I would have asked them for 10 minutes of their time. So I could ask them about their day to day. And does that sound interesting to me? And, uh, and then lastly, I think where with what I was really wanting to do in life, I think I wish I would have spent, uh, I I think I, I wish I would have gone my first job out of MBA and out of undergrad, I did it. I did it more so with my MBA, but go for the biggest name that you can. Go for however big of a name you can get on your resume: Google, Microsoft, Apple. Uh, however big of a name, go for those big names because that sets you up for the rest of your career. People people will put on their LinkedIn X Amazon X Google. And they worked there 10 years ago, right? But it says something about you that Amazon or Google or Apple would want to hire you. And those are really notable brands. So that, that's what I would say, because especially when you're coming out of undergrad, it's, it's a time to learn. And so when you go to these big companies, just soak it all in and see what they're doing and how they're doing it. Uh, and that will set you up for success. And then when you go to get your MBA, for me, it was like, I'm grateful I went to BYU because it was exactly where I needed to be. But my options, my my choices were, you know, in terms of where I wanted to go was BYU, Harvard, Stanford, or not getting an MBA, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there are some very, there are very good MBA schools out there that I did mention. But like, for me, it was like, I'm going for the name or I'm going for uh, BYU. Interesting. Huh? Zach, that's cool, man. I, I was trying to figure out, there's so many different ways I wanted to take this and I couldn't quite tell. And I'm really glad we arrived where we did that. That's really cool advice. Can I ask you, there's one question that I really try to ask every single time and you can Please. make it really quick if you need to, or whatever you want to add. Um, I hope we get a chance to talk again one day about your work at Ovation and your more about your masters, but president Hinckley once said, um, the great irony of life is this, he who serves almost always benefits more than he who is served. How have you seen that irony uh, come to fruition in your life? Kids. I mean, like <laughs> when 
I, um, I never expected, well, I guess kids and marriage, right? I never expected that I would like my wife as much as I do. I always anticipated I would love her, but I think through the, through service, I've really come to like her. Like I genuinely like her and I like hanging out with her and she really is my best friend. And we've been married for, you know, we've been, um, you know, dating for six years now. Well, like married, you know, and And then with my kids, I always thought I would like my kids, but I never knew I would love them this much. And I think <laughs> that has to do again from that service. And so I think um, when, when we give of ourselves to someone else, we become invested in them. We become part of them. And that's something that for me is, uh, is really exciting. It's something that I feel absolutely is true. Um, and yeah, when, when you serve, you definitely you grow and you not just grow as a person, but you grow in love, you grow in like. I love that. What a great way to end. Zach, thanks so much for your time, man. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, Brexit, thanks for having me, man.